Oh, man. Let the church say amen. Amen. I know uh, all of you are excited to, to hear uh, Rogers. and Come on up here, brother. I'm uh, going to be just turning it over to him and let him speak what God is uh, putting on his heart and sharing an update uh, with what's going on in Kenya. Um, you know, I'm so glad to be a part of a church that sends out. And, um, you know, to be a part of a church that um, recognizes God's call and is able to, to send out missionaries wherever God is, is, is working. And um, 2012, um, Rogers and Rachel... Uh, moved to Kenya. Uh, they're still members of our church. And um, so we have church members in Kenya. But uh, it's what a blessing it is to be a part of the work that they're doing there through Maisha Kamili, um, sponsoring um, young people in their educational pursuits and being involved in their lives and what a blessing it is. So I'm just going to give him uh, all the time that I can. So God bless you, brother. We're glad that you're here. Let me pray for you. Loving Father, I thank you for this time, and I thank you for the words that you have put in Roger's heart and in his mind. And I pray, Father, this morning that they would hit the mark, Father, that you have for them. Father, we, we give tremendous greetings to him and to the, the church in Kenya. Father, we thank you for all that you are doing there. I pray, Father, that you would just um, equip us and help us to come alongside them and just to minister to them, even as they're here now. But as they go home, and Father, may we hear with open hearts uh, what the Holy Spirit is doing in our world. God, we love you and we thank you. What a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. Amen. It always feels good to be a uh back home. I woke up this morning thinking, what should I tell these people? That means I wasn't thinking of anything to say today because I didn't know what to say. Not true. I know all of you, you want to hear about Kenya. To me, that's not that very important right now. Sorry. You need to hear from scriptures first, then Kenya later on. So if you turn your Bibles to the book of Romans, chapter 12, there is a word that I wish all of us would understand what it means. Romans 12. And if there's any Swahili-speaking person, you can turn to the book of Warumi. On me. Romans chapter 12, the very first verse, and then maybe we might read the second one. The Word of God says, Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God. Which is your spiritual service of worship? The word that I want us to look at and maybe try to understand what it means is the masses of 
God. Because until we understand what the masses of God are, we may think that the things we do for him, it depends on us. And actually, it does not. I'm here today because of his masses. If you want for his masses, I'll be dead a long time ago. I'm filthy, useless, name it. But I'm alive even this very moment because he loved me and spared the death that I was to die for my sin and gave Jesus to die for me to be alive today. Each one of you, you deserve death because we are sinners. And the only remedy for sin was found in Jesus Christ. Did any of us qualify to be saved? No. This salvation is given and was given and still going to be given because of the mercies of God. So I pray and hope that we can grasp that word. Because of the masses of God, anything that happens today, may it be here, may it be in Kenya, may it be in Tanzania, may it be in China. It's because God loved us way before and gave us Jesus to make a way for us to come back to this broken relationship which happened way back in the book of Genesis. So, could you wrap your mind around the word, the masses of God, and start thinking through how many opportunities have God given you? Do you think it's because you are smart enough? No. When God took you guys to Tanzania last, was it last month? Yeah, last month, and somehow we met in Amsterdam. Do you think it's because you wanted to go? No. When God gives you opportunities to support this ministry in Kenya, do you think it's because you have the means? No. It's because of his masses, and because those masses are new every morning, he wants us then to wrap ourselves around that and try to understand what that means. Why? Because all of us deserve nothing but death as a result of the penalty of the sins that we do every day. You can choose to say amen, you can choose to be quiet, but that is what it is. We need to wrap ourselves around the masses of God. And then we begin to see we really, this God we believe and trust, trust in is a really loving God. Why would he spare me? Because the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 3, verse 23, all of us have sinned. Not a single one of us here is righteous on their own. The only righteousness I can cling on is found in Jesus Christ. And none of us here either was good enough for Jesus to die for them. 
It's only on the basis of God's mercy. Choosing, not you telling him, but him choosing to spare you for reasons not best to himself. Now, Paul here is reminding Memorial Baptist Church as he did the believers in Rome. Could you and could I present myself to this God as a loving, a living sacrifice? Let's go back and try to think what sacrifices looked like. There was not an animal that was given an opportunity to choose if he wanted to be killed. Was it any? No. People chose, I'm going to take this one and offer it as a gift, I mean, as a sacrifice. Why then is Paul saying, present yourself as a living sacrifice? Why? You don't have to be here if you don't want to. You can walk out and go home. It wouldn't make any difference in the kingdom of heaven. Why do I say so? God does not beg you to come to him. God, doesn't, God is not going to bribe you to come to him. He wants you to choose to follow him. So when you have done that, remembering the word of Jesus says, if anyone would want to come after me, they got to die to themselves. So as I deny myself each and every day, and then come to him, this should remind me I should be willing to listen to what he says because I chose to come here. I shouldn't bring my agenda here. I should come without nothing, expecting to hear from him alone. And many times, you and I, we come to this place, we are full of our own stuff. We don't even have a minute to listen to nothing because we think we already know it. You don't know nothing. You can get upset with me. I don't care. I'm going to go to Kenya in one month. But the truth is you need to offer yourself as a living sacrifice. Nobody should drag you in to the things of God. You should be willing to do it yourself. I don't believe during the, the, the days of the prophets whether the Israelites will, drag, will ask the, uh, the ship of the God or whatever, hey, would you want to be given today? No. I'm sure the ship would just say, nah, leave me alone. We are invited to come while we are alive. God does not work with the dead people. God wants people that are living and are willing to do as he tells them to do. Because when we can give ourselves as a living sacrifice, then the worship we just did and that we're still continuing doing, it becomes pleasant to him. The masses of God. Rachel and I and those two boys were in Kenya, not because we wanted to be there, not because we are smart enough, no. 
It's because of the masses of God, knowing how much God has blessed us with life and a love and a relationship with him and wanting to extend that kingdom in Kenya. The masses of God. I walk, I deserve to be dead every single second of my life. But because he loves me so much, he gives me an opportunity every day, even today, to stand before you people and say, we need to wrap our minds and our lives in this world, the masses of God, because it doesn't depend on you to do the things you do. If God won't masterful, reach my friend, my brother, my pastor, you and I will be gone, and all of you. Joe and your team that went to Tanzania, you would be gone. But because God still loves you and he still has work for you to join him in doing, he spares you and he spared all of us today to be here. So let's shake ourselves this culture of we can do it all because you cannot do it. I know this is an American culture. You think you can fix everything. When it comes to faith in Christ, you cannot fix a single thing. You've got to give it up to Jesus because he's the only one who's going to help you and me to come before the presence of a holy, living God. Paul says, I beseech you by the mercies of God, present yourself. I can't go before God and present myself and Rachel my kids. Yes, Rachel and I are one thing, but when it comes to faith in Christ, she needs to confess her own sins before the living God if she wanted to be alive and have a relationship with the living God. Same to you. So are you here because you wanted to be here? No. Are you here because you think, uh, I need to be there because if I'm not there, they can't do nothing? No. You're here because of the mercy. Man, if you guys, your eyes were bullets, I'd be dead right now. Come on. Are we here? Amen? We are the Kahindis. Okay, now that's good. Now I can tell you about Kenya. Now you can take a breath. (gasps) Finally. For those of you that have never met us before, we are the Maisha Kamili. Rachel and Rogers, Nate and Ben, plus Memorial Baptist Church and many others. And others, we are just the few that God sent to be the hands and feet for all of us. So it's not just about Rachel and Rogers and Nate and Ben, no. It's God through his people, but having representatives on the grounds. And this time it happens that those two that are there is Rachel and Rogers, but we represent all of us and actually represent the King of Kings. You're all looking up here. What are you looking at? Just kidding. These are some of the people. Those two people, you can tell it's kind of a, people are busy doing something there. I don't know what they were doing. Why are we in Kenya? Why are we there? Is it because we don't want to be here? Don't get me wrong. I like the conveniences. Life is good in here. Air conditioning, hot bath, running water, electricity, name this. I love these things. These things are not there. Is this the reason why we're there? No. 
We are in Kenya doing, no, let me take it back. We are in Kenya witnessing God doing a few things. Because sometimes I tend to take the credit, and I'm sorry for that. It's not my job. God is doing the thing. We are in Kenya witnessing God doing a few things. Number one, we are in Kenya because we want the orphan child to have a hope for the future through a relationship with Jesus Christ. This is the reason, number one, we left here. 2012, the month of February, the 29th day of that month to be precise. I always live with this guilty in me because my son was a year, almost a half, they had almost less than six months. I took them across the oceans. And sometimes they tell me, when are you going to take us home and stay here by yourself? I'm like, dude, you're here to live forever until God says go somewhere else. So we are in Kenya so that that's this little star to your that side is Kenya. Right now we're here. This is Texas. Kenya in Africa. USA, Texas. Takes a long time to get there, but don't worry. You can get there one day if God wants you to be there. <laughs> Why is hope for the future so important? Some of you here, I believe you're looking for a better home tomorrow, and that's the future. And that future I'm talking about here is only needs to be wrapped around the man Jesus Christ because apart from him, you and I, you know very well, we are done. There's no life outside relationship with Jesus Christ. They think they are living outside Christ, but I'm here to remind us, Jesus says in the book of John chapter 11, he who believes in me, even though they die, they will live, and those who do not believe in me, even though they walk, they are dead. We need Christ to have a tomorrow. That's what brings us in Kenya. We do a few things in Kenya. We witness God doing Need to get around and straighten my head. We witness God doing a few things. Number one, there is a thing we call community Maisha Kamili Kids, MKKs. We moved to Kenya. With this in mind, we're going to start an orphanage. And some of you still think that you have an orphanage in Kenya. There is not an orphanage in Kenya with Maisha Kamili. And this is why. The government of Kenya is doing away with the orphanages. The best place for a child to live is at home with relatives. So what we do is we come alongside the relatives who has orphans and we support them to pay for their education so that they can stay at home and live a normal life but at the same time get an education. So is there an orphanage that we run in Kenya? No. We work with families, with orphans to aid them so that their kids can have education. 
Because there's something that people don't understand. When a child is sent to an orphanage and they come back later, everything that belonged to their parent is gone. They get disconnected. The families, they will sell everything that belonged to my father while I'm gone. So when I come back, I don't have anything to inherit. So we realize if we can aid them and keep these kids connected to them, then they won't lose their inheritance. They won't lose their family ties. And they can grow out of that stigma. Oh, these are the orphans. They'll just be, oh, these are kids from that village. That looks like Rachel. The one in the middle with the red or purple, I don't know what color is that. That's a student. Her name is Jane. And this is a teacher who had gone to visit Jane at that school. Jane is in the Bahari Girls Secondary School. She's going to do her third year starting January. And if you happen to come to Kenya, we're going to take you to a Jane Goes to School. Um, right now, 2017, we have 25 Maisha Kamili kids in school. So you see the uh, numbers up there. 2018, we are hoping to have bring five new ones. That way we can have 30 students in school. You want more information about these kids? Walk out that door after the service. There's a table there. We're going to get you hooked up. While we're in Kenya also, we got those guys, I mean, students that out of the element, elementary, we call it primary school in Kenya, they need to go to secondary school. Those that live with their families, they have people they can support. The orphans don't. What do we do? We come in, we rent rooms for them, we pay for their rent, we give them a little money to exercise responsibility that they can buy their own food and cook for themselves while they go to college. We call that transitioning in between, they are not there yet, but they are, get, they are moving away from kids to adults. We do that as well. Um, we have four right now in colleges. We have two that are finishing their exit exam now in the 12th grade, and they should be joining college come uh, next year. And uh, uh, there's only one guy, the one who's doing like this. He's our medical student, so he always thinks like he's a doctor. He still needs a sponsorship. You need more information about him, we would love, we would love to give you all the details about John. What is... Um, the end of the year, we bring all of them for a Christmas party. Everybody likes food. I like to eat. You like to eat. And we bring them together to a time of fellowship. So we, uh, these are all the kiddos that so far my Shekameli has touched. They had just come to have fun. I was teaching Dixon how to cook for his family. He's one of the, our friends. That, you know men in Kenya don't cook for their wives. But I cook for my wife. And I told Dixon, if you're my friend, you need to cook for your wife. Anyway. We have high school camps. We bring these kids for a time of Bible study and living life together outside the classroom. Some of you are asking me, if I come, what am I going to do? I'm going to put you to work in that camp. So come. You see, these are our kids. Um, they're just uh, enjoying each other for the first time. They were in a hotel. They've never gone before. Discipleship. We're just having fun with them learning about Jesus. My kids are just watching a computer game. 
so that, that way they don't distract us as we were doing these things. We do discipleship also in Kenya. Like any other place that I have been, so many churches have been planted. Every corner you go in temple, there's a church everywhere. It's the same story in Kenya. But discipleship is lacking. People are just marking time like this. They're not going anywhere. They are not reading their Bibles. Since we have been in Kenya, we have had over 50 pastors and church leaders go through Master Life. Right now, we have over 10 classes going on in Nyali and Mombasa. There's other two classes going on in Gongoni and Kisimani. And here, these two stories just struck my heart when I was there. One of the pastor's wife said to me, I used to read my Bible only when I was asked to come and share. I didn't know that I needed to read my Bibles every day. But since I started Master Life, man, I realized I need to feed on this on a daily basis. I said, great. Another one said, you guys, your cars have this gadget called a speed governor. You try to go over the sudden speed, it beeps. She says, Master Life has become like a speed governor to me. If I do not read my Bible in a day, I feel like something is a mess. I was like, God, thank you for bringing Master Life. So, um, as we are talking right now, yesterday I received an email. One of the classes started book four in Gongoni. And uh, people are beginning to read their Bibles. If there's anything I want to do in Kenya, just teaching Master Life. You ask my kids one day, they said, you need to be fired from Master Life. I said, I can't, I'm sorry. I volunteer to do that. This is an example of the Disciples' Cross. There was a student explaining the Disciples' Cross in Swahili. And it's lovely. What is there for Maisha Kamili in the future? There is a piece of land that we bought in the country. In your houses, you have water, all of you, right? In that place, there's no running water in the uh, area. People need to walk places to get water. When Jim and Monica came in June, we went to this piece of land and we started thinking and praying if God could make a way that we can drill water wells here, we could reach this community with water. And this could be a, uh, an evangelical tool. Come get water for free, just as I receive salvation for free. And then we can share Jesus at the same time. We began talking with different people. Jim and Monica mentioned Texas Baptist men. I don't know what was happening in Jim's mind. That night he could not sleep. He started making phone calls. In the morning we are sitting and he says, Texas Baptist man has a water ministry and I can contact this person that and this. <laughs> Last week on Tuesday, we had the opportunity to go to Weko. There was a convention in Weko. We met with the uh, water ministry team. We just met two people, Didi and Tim. This is husband and wife. And we are thinking, maybe they're going to ask us, so why do you think we need to come to Kenya and all that? We are down into talking. Didi says, as a ministry from TBM, we have a water drilling rig that we are 
donating to Maisha Kamili Kenya, and we're going to come and train you guys how to drill wells, and we're going to leave the rig there. All you need to come up with That's the land. All you need to come up with is about 10,000 US dollars because somebody has to be responsible for the shipping and paying the Kenyan government custom duty and for the transportation of the team when they get there. Give me... <laughs> God, give me $10,000 and in March, we'll be drilling wells in that piece of land. That's the latest update. We didn't have that in our minds when we were coming here. We were coming to tell you about, we would love to have a well there. And God just dropped. Have the rig. I'll be candidate number one to be trained. So not only my Shikamili is supporting kids, we are going to reach the community with water that is very necessary right now as we tell them Jesus loves and cares for you. Aren't you glad? You are not. Amen. Amen. Yes, he is wonderful. That's the future plans. In this life's case, I need to read the word correctly. That's a uh, a uh, sketch that Jim drew when he was uh, sitting outside my porch in Kenya while Monica was playing the monkey. Jim is like, we can have a rough sketch that can look like this. Here, we want to have classes like sewing where ladies can come and learn how to sew, make clothes like my shirt. We want to have a class where people that never went to school, they can learn how to read and write so that they can read their own Bibles. Our transitioners could come here also when they're out of school and we could teach them how to drill wells because the rig will be there. And many, many other things we are dreaming to do in that piece of land. That building is not there yet. It's just the land. If you have not heard Jim say this, he will tell you one day, we, put, we are putting aside, we look, we're looking for a fund that can go from ninety dollars to $120,000 to do all this. Where's that money going to come from? The God who is living is more than able to provide it on his timing. It doesn't depend on me. It doesn't depend on you. He just provides when he wants it. He provided for my ticket to come here. He provided for me to be breathing today. Simple as that. And I still believe if he wants those people to have water just as you do here, he's going to provide that money that's needed and his love will continue to be spread there. You need to understand one thing that you, don't, you guys don't get it. When we go and tell a kid that my Shakamili is praying about taking you to school, they're first of all like, uh, okay. But when finally they go to school, 
It's like they've been born again. It's like the beginning of a new life. I wish I could capture that moment. But when you come, like Jim and Monica did, you will see that moment for yourself. Then you'll be able to tell whether I'm making up stories here or this is real. Why do we come then? few things. Number one, to enjoy the convenience. Don't get me wrong. I love my ice cream. There's not good ice cream in Kilifi, Kenya. So that one is top on the list. Yes, Johnny, I love the ice cream. Sorry, baby. That's me. I went to school in Brenham, the home of Bluebell ice cream. I would go there every Saturday. My classmate was working there. I could get free tours in ice cream. It's not happening here. Number two, we are coming to thank God for you, for the fact that you're there in Kenya with us. We take ourselves as representatives of Memorial Baptist Church in the little wind of the kingdom of God that is true here to those people in Kenya. So we come and say thank you because since 2012, we have felt your presence with us in Kenya to this very day. Number three, you heard me say we need five more kids to come to go to school. We are coming to remind you the harvest is plenty there. The workers are few. Could you pray with us that the Lord of Harvest would bring more workers? We need people who would step up and say, I'm willing to sacrifice my happy hour drink so that this kid can go to school. That's where we come. We come to tell you we need your prayers each and every day. Those who went to Tanzania, if anything happened there in Tanzania in a mighty way, it's because somebody in Temple, Texas was on their knees saying, Lord, Joe, John, Tim, Trisha, they're up there. Would you wrap your hands around them? We need those things. They're called prayers. We need people who will be willing to pray and pray until you can't pray anymore. All you have to say is, God, the Kahindis. Lastly, when are you considering coming to Kenya just to hang out with Rachel? You don't have to come and go anywhere. Just come and hang out with Rachel. Why do I say that? Have you ever gone to a place where you were lonely? Like it was just you. You should remember one day when the two, Joe and Wilna, came from Sinai, and Wilna said, my being there was just a ministry to this, whatever her name is, I don't even remember her name. Brittany, as the men were building the houses, I was just there with her. My lovely wife would love that. Come. Physically, if you're able to, I know you're praying for us. I know you're supporting us financially. We want you to be there with us. Experience what it means to go without running water in the house, at least for a day. Then when you come back here, you're going to pray even more. I was so glad when Jim and Monica were there, the water went out. These are the simple things I pray about all the time. Whenever we have an American here, let the power go out, let the water go out so that they can experience life. I had to get Jim and Monica to go outside, get their own water, feel the pain that we feel on a daily basis. And they're now praying even more for us. Come. 
Why would you be coming? Just remembering the mercies of God. Because he loves you so much and he gives you Jesus. And that Jesus is encouraging you every day. You can become an encouragement to people nine miles away from here. Lastly, have you been a blessing to anyone of lately? Do an inventory of your life right now as I quit here. Rachel, would you bring uh, uh, my boys and uh, whatever the Cliffy Church sent us to, to come to do these people? Think of this. For the past one month, has anyone come to you and say, you have been really a blessing to me? Or you're just you every day? You're given life to touch another life. Sometimes we need to remind ourselves we're not just here because we're here. You're here for a reason. And that reason is to bring the same love that God gave it to you to somebody else. You have to stay with here now, son. Last time you were here, you were a baby and you were sitting right here on my lap and Ridge was here and Tress was there. Today you're still a grown-up man. How old are you? Seven. Who's your brother? Oh, he's gone. <laughs> okay. This little Baptist church in Kilifi, the town we live, where we go to every Sunday. Come on, B. Rachel does teach the Sunday school for the kids there. When we were coming, they wanted to send gifts to Memorial Baptist Church. They asked me to tell you guys that they are praying for you. How do they know you? Jim and Monica came and we are there. And they asked me to ask you, when would you consider to come so that we can form a partnership? I said I'm going to send that message with us. So um, what do you have, Rachel? I don't know. This is a, a traditional I call it a house. I know you're going to call it something else. It's a hut. That's correct? Yeah, but this is a house. And this is how our um, strong women in Kenya go to the well to get water and bring it to the house. So this is a mother with a baby on her back, that one here, with like a, how many gallons of water? About five gallons. Maybe they've been walking several miles to come here to get water. So we brought this from Kilifi Baptist Church to Memorial Baptist Church so that you can continue praying for your brothers and sisters 9,000 miles from here. Brother Ridge, if you come and receive it for the church, that would be lovely. That is not all. There's something else. I don't know what it is. This is a, uh, the, the, the one Ridge is holding, that's an oil paint, and this is a batik made of candle with, with, of or with candle wax, whichever one is correct. This one, you drop some water on it, it's all gone. So if you wanted to clean it, you can use a warm iron. That one, you can even dump it in water, it's fine. That's oil paint, it won't do anything. Um... We could not find a framing for this thing. We said, you guys, you have to figure that yourselves. 
Um, this is a, a giraffe, and there are two of them actually, uh, one and two. This is just to show you that we also enjoy life, wildlife there. We didn't take Jim and Monica to a safari or anything. They have to do that for themselves next time. But uh, as you think about Kenya, hey, think about the people, think about the blessings God has given us. You come, we're going to take you on a safari at your own expense. You can see all these animals. So this is a gift from Kilifi Baptist Church to our church at Memorial Baptist Church. And we are so humbled to present these things to you. Do you receive them or should we take them back? We are done. This is Benjamin. Last time he was here, 2012. Uh, actually, he was a baby when we were being sent away. The very first time. This guy is growing taller. He thinks that he can be taller than me. That's all we had for you today. So thank you very, very much. Remember, stop by outside those two doors. We have more information. We can put it in your hand. He's saying there's one, two, three, four doors in this church. There are five. Thank you. Thank you so much for the gifts. Um, obviously, we weren't expecting gifts, but uh, we're, you being here, your family being here is, is enough of a gift. But, um, you know, what a, what a joy it is to hear what God is doing there. And, you know, it's amazing uh, when we get obedient and just allow God to use us, uh, what he will do. And um, it's, a, it's a tremendous blessing for us that you all are here. We look forward to fellowshipping with you uh, this evening at Thanks Feast and um, being around just to, to, <laughs> to enjoy. And, um, but uh, I know that uh, I would like to pray for you all, and um, I would ask our, our uh, worship team if you would go ahead and come up, and um, we will offer an invitation in just a moment. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time, and Father, thank you for all that you do for us. Uh, Father, we recognize that apart from you, we can do nothing. Father, I thank you for this precious family. I thank you for Rogers and Rachel, for Nate and Ben, and I ask God that you would just bless them all. Father, thank you for the, the orphans that they are working with, and Father, that you are, are bringing sponsors alongside. Father, I pray for uh, your mercies. Uh, Father, that you would just continue to show yourself mighty. And Father, that we would see this life center uh, come to fruition. Father, that we would see in March uh, water wells being dug in Kenya uh, as a result, Father, of what you're doing. And Father, we just ask your blessing upon them, Father, on the rest of their time here in the U.S., Father, as they travel around and share their story with other believers in Texas and around, I, I ask, Father, that you would just go before them, that you would uh, prepare the way, that you would give them the words to say. And, Father, it's our joy to partner with them in what you are doing in lives all over this globe. Father, we thank you for being our God, and I pray that you would bless them as they serve you each day. Lord, we love you and we praise you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.